0: Today's story is one of those that explains the origins of something, the reason why the herbs of the world are so spread out, among other things. It's a strange story, admittedly, and Dian Set's reasons are bizarre to me, but here they are. So let's get to it. Previously on Goddessy. The tawatha prepare for war. Lu trains the youths of Tara and begins learning the arts of Druidry and Ogham, but has many tasks to accomplish. These have come to a standstill. For as Samhain approaches, his grandfather, the great healer Dean Set, has slain his son and Loo's uncle Mick in a fit of rage. Loo now goes to Bruna Boyne to collect him. Welcome to Goddessy, episode twenty-one. Her sorrows in the wind. The sky above turned a dark blue from the black of early morn and clouds told of rain. Lou stood nearby watching, not hiding, but observing his grandfather. The well was under construction, that much remains true. It was a deep circle to be filled with something, with stones from everywhere ready to be placed. Beneath the well were symbols dug in the ground onto rocks, olgam in the ancient geometric designs like the ones at Brunabuene itself. Lou was not the only one watching the old man, covered in blood as he was. Many stood in the darkness, hiding behind trees. The greatest healers of the Tawathi Dunan were in hiding, for Dian Set had lost his mind. He's largely passive now, came a voice from behind Lou, as melodic as a brook. Bowen stood there, dressed in her greens and blues, staring at Lou's grandfather with a distant gaze. He talks to himself although i cannot make it out he's inspecting something something that mick did and mick responded lou looking around where is he i had him brought back to the mound angus is standing vigil over the body while he's taking a break from the skirmishes mick was beloved of my son he was full of innovation and ideas and angus loves new ideas of course he did he was the master of youth and with youth comes inspiration for ingenuity. I have come to take him to Tara to answer for his crime. Bowen nodded. As you should. He will come passively, I should think, but do not expect him to feel guilty. Lou did not. Holding the spear close, he motioned to Felinas to stay behind and stepped forward. The mumbling was low, but as Lou approached, it became more clear. Brilliant. Utterly brilliant. Why didn't I see that? Must be the drink. Need to stop drinking. He'll do better work next time. I'll make you better. Master it. Make it workable. Good ideas, bad execution. But brilliant ideas. Best ideas. I'm proud. Lou had a feeling he understood what his grandfather was talking about. Grandfather? Dean Set turned, covered in brown from head to toe. On parts of his tunic, the brown was still red, thick and matted, wet even. The stones surrounding him were red too, as if a blast of blood had erupted across them several times. Oh, Lou! Everyone else has gone away, I can't say why. Good, I need a helper. You are strong and smart. I need you to move these stones. He pointed to a stack of stones near the eastern side of the circle, and walked to the north. Move them here, and we'll put them in a pattern. "'Grandfather,' Lou said calmly, trying not to interrupt. "'I'm not here to help you.' "'Oh? Oh, of course not. "'You're doing the king's business, teaching and whatnot. "'And you'll use Aramid's speed to get to Tara soon. "'Must keep the youths well-trained and strong. "'I could teach you a thing or two about healing, you know.' "'I could "No, Grandfather,' he said, interrupting at last. "'I am to take you to Tara with me.' The king would like a word. This gave the old man's delirium pause. Oh, whatever for? You know it was my plan's here at Slan, grandfather. Do you not remember? Remember what? You're acting strangely, boy. Lou hardened his glare, tightening his grip on the spear. You killed Mick. Everyone saw it. You are still covered in his blood. Dian Set looked down. Oh? So I am. Yes, well, he'll get better. He always does. Lou shook his head. Not this time. That this was something Dian Set knew and had apparently tested in the past was alarming. Dian Set sighed. I've told Nuada many times how mixed magic works, but come, let us go. I suppose you will need to tie my hands and lead me away on a horse." Lou approached and did as his grandfather suggested. Whistling, the horse Inbod approached and Lou helped his grandfather onto the horse, leading him away. As he did, the white-robed druids gathered at Slawn, left to their hiding places, as if confounded as to what to do. Catching Bowen's eye, he nodded to her, conveying the message. "'Continue your work, healers. If you need direction, until Ermit or set return, consult my son at Brunoboin. We are all of us distressed. Do not let what has happened here lead you to forget the stakes. As the sun rose, Lu led Inbar down the hill, south towards Tara. On her back was his prisoner, still mumbling about his son's brilliance and how he alone could make it better. How is she? It was noon before Lou had energy to leave his grandfather's side, bound and imprisoned as he was, muttering again and again at the innovations being put in place because of his own genius. How many lives it would save, how it would ensure that he was remembered for the whole history of the isle. His delusions grew deeper the more time Lou spent with him, never saying a word to the man, never encouraging him. When he left Dienset, Lou went to his grandfather's house at the foot of Tara, where Gavita kept vigil over his sleeping sister. He looked as haggard as Lou felt, his face puffy with his sorrows. She cried herself into a catatonic state into the wee hours, and then fell asleep before dawn. She's been resting ever since. He pulled up a stool for Lou and brought him a drink. I've been here since Bridget departed. When you arrived, I suppose two messengers came to the palace. She's now assisting with building the trial. Will there be a trial? Lou found himself asking. I suppose I really mean, will justice be done? Kavita shook his head. Nawada is a good king. He will try, Dian Set, but we are in a tight spot. He must face justice, but we will need him for the final battle. Without Mick, he is unquestionably our greatest healer. What if we execute him? Put him in prison? Who will finish the Well of Slan? You? Me? Bridget? Lou sighed. It is hard. How is he, father? What was there to say? He seems... delusional. As if he realized now that Mick's ideas were genius, and that he can implement them and bring him back somehow. That only he can do it, and will ensure he is one of the most remembered of our line. Utterly unconcerned with how he slew Mick, or the effect it has had on Aramid. On anyone but himself... They let silence sit between them, and Lou rested, his mind a ship in troubled waters. A storm raged in him. In the silence, in the darkness of the fading of the sun, Lou stood up, moving past sleeping Gavita, past Ehrmed, who lay in the bed of flowers now, and moved into the shadows, well past the windows of the longhouse. Soon the back of the longhouse changed, growing colder, darker, until he was climbing, the floor now steep the dirt floor replaced with wet, jagged stone. He had to continue, had to go, and so he did. Soon a light appeared, and he felt the mist of the sea falling upon him from within the cave that was the longhouse that was in Tara, nowhere near the sea. When he emerged, the white horizon full of clouds stretched as far as the sea. And there were there, all three women, not the composite woman, but each woman, the young red-headed woman, the middle-aged dark-haired woman, and the older blonde woman, each carrying a spear, each dressed in dark clothes adorned in bones. Your loss is great, Lou of the Long Arm, said the dark-haired Morrigan. We feel your pain, said the youngest, red-headed Morrigan. The older blonde Morgan smiled. But you have a task to do. Find us, they said as one as a wave crashed behind them. Find us and be at peace. Be rid of the nightmares, said the elder Morgan. Morrigan. Release your regret, said the youngest Morgan. With regret and nightmares, how can you face the forces of Tir Nanog? When he awoke, it was the face of Aramid over him. You've been dreaming. A nightmare, I should think, nephew. He sat up, looking around the longhouse, In the fire that burned in the hearth, he could see the back end of the longhouse, not a pathway to a cave, but instead merely the longhouse itself. Kavita drooled on the table beside him, snoring like the beating of the sea. "'Go to them,' she said, willowy and tall above him. "'Go before Samhain. You will assist the Dagda by doing so, I think. Get them on our side and recruit Nett. Let me handle my father.' Lou couldn't disagree. He gave a condition, though. After we put Mick to rest. Her smile was acceptance enough. The mound was made of stone, placed by hand. Lou had offered to use his magic, but Bowen was insistent. I did not know him, Lou, but there is something special when it is done by hand. We build this mound. Soon it will be part of the landscape. It was a little thing, more elegant than his own father's grave. Was any of this worth it? Was this the best they could do, united? Fathers murdering their own sons, entire families wiped out by blood feuds? How petty they were! How were they any different from the Firbolg than the previous generations? A voice brought him from his despair to the procession. It was Nuada who spoke, standing before the royal court that had come. Behind him was Bridget, and representatives from most of the noble families. The king was somber, but as bright as ever, a light in the darkness. We gather here today to mourn the passing of one of our greatest minds. Mick, son of Dian Set, twin of Ehrmidd, was a healer, an engineer, a magician of renown, and a forward thinker. He saw beyond the daily comings and goings. He saw a future that was better for all of his people, for all of Ireland, a future That he will not see realized we mourn his passing and we continue his legacy honoring a life cut short the procession came now placing additional stones atop the cairn decorative ones meaningful ones that lou largely did not know there were stories about mick each and every soul here had one he was jovial he was kind he was thoughtful compassion guided his every move he was beloved he was the very antithesis of his father the man who now stood before his son's grave. He looked distant, disinterested, and to lose chagrin was no longer bound. He had changed back into simpler robes, and staring down at his son's grave, had a look of growing disgust, not at himself, there was no sense of self pity or remorse in him, at something else. The last to come was Aramid the procession respecting her sorrow and most of them heading to Brunaboyne for a small banquet, where Angus would lift spirits as he often did. Bridget remained behind, and so too did Dean set at a distance. Ehrmund fell to her brother's grave, weeping upon it loudly, the procession far enough away that only a few turned back to look. Bridget leaned down and placed a hand on her shoulder, and Lou did the same. He had not joined the procession, only watching it. What had he to say? He thought his uncle was wonderful, second only to Gavita. There was never a time he would not feel like an outsider, he realized. He was always going to be on the outside of funerals, always looking on the outside of weddings, celebrations, sorrows, everything. He looked to his aunt and there found something between amazement and horror. Where there had been a mound only moments ago, covered in stones, grass had grown. And on the grass, a series of herbs, more herbs than Lou had ever seen, flowers of different colors. The diversity of plants was astounding. And soon, the entire landscape was turning green. No! Lou felt his awe-inspired smile fade as he turned, Dean set striding over quickly. Rage was once again on his face, Dean set pushing past his sister Bridget and grabbing his daughter by the arm, pulling her weeping form from the ground. Foolish girl, if you bring all the herbs of the world to one place, they can be used against us. No one person can have them all. No one place, no one people. Otherwise, everyone will come to Ireland and try to conquer us so that they can heal and feed their own people. Bridget took Aramid from Diancet, her protest lost, as Set turned and placed his hand on his son's grave. Soon each herb began to shine and erupted into light, little balls floating up into the air. Soon they began to float away in seemingly random directions, heading around the whole world. Daughter, do you know what they do, those herbs? She did not respond. He did not care. You and you alone know what every herb in the world does. No one else can know that, not even me. That is my gift to you. Gift, came Bridget, rage burning through her. She held her niece close, and Lou, holding his spear, felt much the same. You call this a gift? You kill your own son, Dian Set. You have taken the thing Eremet has loved most in the world, and your response is to gift her with the knowledge of every herb in the world, but not access to them. Dian Set shrugged. She can make them with her sorrow. That's not difficult. But is it necessary? Lou said, breaking in. "'Grandfather, with all due respect to you, you have lost your mind. "'Mick was trying to help you, and you killed him for thinking of something you didn't? "'Your daughter can create herbs that can help us, and your response is to send them to the Four Winds? "'Your jealousy blinds you. "'You will be the undoing of us all.' "'Dian Set brought a finger to Lou's face. "'Now you listen here, tramp, and listen well. "'I am protecting my legacy. "'Mick was brilliant, but he was foolish. "'Tradition is tradition.' We only grow with careful consideration. If we are not thoughtful, we charge ever long into the abyss, and I would not have that. He was a liability to us all. Luce spat at his grandfather's feet. No. Your way of thinking is the liability. A grin grew there, hungry and animalistic. No, grandson. Halfamorian spawn that you are. I am no more a liability than you. For remember, you slew the sons of Turian our greatest strength you did that what was mick but a healer you slew gr- three great warriors and their father the master of storms how is my crime worse than yours i did us a favor you dian clicked his tongue and turned walking from the hill to slan i am free because i am necessary grandson you too are necessary but which one of us will they remember better when this is over? What is your legacy, son of Ethnue? Anger blasted up in him like a storm, like a hot spring ready to burst, and Lou felt himself ready to step back, to throw his spear and utter the words. The Tuatha de anon did not need Dian Set. No one needed him. Bridget stared at him, her hair afire, moving with life, with passion, with rage. In the wind above... Eramid's sorrows took flight, the green surrounding them fading, for the magic was gone. He felt Bridget seeing his thoughts, and fearing it, took the first step. Lou had used the power sparingly since Eramid had given him the herbs. With the first step, he left Brunaboyne and was halfway across the isle. With the next step, he was in Connick, the western side of the isle, opposite from where he had started. Everything was a blur, Everything was moving faster than comprehension allowed. Lou felt himself take another step, and then he was there. Waves splashed before him at the edge of the world, and he struggled to stop himself, fearing that he might tip over into the water. Where was he? He had been here before, but had he really? It felt like a dream. A nightmare. Only a few nights ago. She said you would come. Came a voice, like gravel behind him. Lu turned, spying the figure, stooped. Dressed in a black cloak with a spear, the old man's head was hidden. Lu knew him. Net, the old god of war, the last of his people. He was shriveled and ancient, as ancient as this desolate island. Beyond, smoke rose from a cave, water from the waves, and mist everywhere, like a puddle strapped to the craggy rocks. Come, Lou. Sawan approaches, and she will not be here much longer. Net rose, and using his spear as a staff, steadied himself as he walked. Lou had little choice but to follow from the edge of the world. Goddessy is written, researched, and produced by Greg Wright. Additional writing and editing by Sydney Anker, whose dad doesn't suck like Airman's does. Music as always by Scott Buckley, who can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au. Additional sounds by Tim Conn. Check us out on social media for fun commentary and the like. Want to support the show? Check us out on Patreon for early access episodes, behind-the-scenes shenanigans, and other goodies that are coming soon. see updates every Monday. See you next week.